those of you who are in the building, good morning. Good morning. There's lots of great conversation going on here. Some good tea and coffee happening. You can bring your tea and coffee into the, into the auditorium as we meet together this morning. The kids are coming in. And if you are there online with us today, good morning to you. It is great to have you with us today from wherever you are joining us from. We declare blessing upon you in Jesus' name. We're going to have a great gathering together, whether we're in the building or online. A wonderful time together. How are we all doing? Good. It's level one. That's good, isn't it? It's level one here anyway. I'm really pleased about that. It's great. How's the coffee today? Thank you to our baristas. We do enjoy that great coffee. And the cup of tea is good too. This morning, children, Kids Church, how are we doing? Great. Wonderful. Hope term one is going wonderfully for you. Well, if you're here for the first time at Activate, a very special welcome to you this morning. It is wonderful to have you with us this morning. If you haven't already received one of our welcome packs, we'd love to give you a welcome pack. They're down the back with the hosts. We'd love you to pick up one of those on your way out this morning. And we'd love you to fill out the card inside the bag and pop it into one of our giving boxes in the foyer. And we would love to get in touch with you and get to know you a little bit more. But enjoy yourself with us today in the building or online. Enjoy yourself with us this morning. Something that we do at Activate is celebrate the birthdays and the wedding anniversaries. And I know that there have been a few this past week of birthdays and wedding anniversaries. So what I want you to do is I want you to give me a wave if you have had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the past week. And we would love to deliver chocolates to you. Congratulations on your wedding anniversary, Peter and Elise. Wonderful. Six years, wasn't it? Yeah, how about you give them a hand? Congratulations. Sarah had a birthday this past week. Happy birthday to you, Sarah. We've got someone down there, have we? Yes. Birthday, happy birthday. Lovely, congratulations. Cam had a birthday, happy birthday to you. Great, have we got some birthdays down here? Awesome, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Wonderful. Scanning the room. If you had a birthday and you're online, if you had a wedding anniversary. Congratulations to you too. Is there anyone else? Have we missed anyone? Is it birthday?
day. Oh, congratulations. Wonderful. Great. Are there some good treats in, the, in that basket? Yes. Some nice sweets to enjoy. Congratulations. Well, we declare blessing upon the birthday people, upon the wedding anniversary people. We declare God's favour upon you. We declare His peace upon you. We declare His wonderful love in filling you every day, His strength in filling you every day. We declare encounters for you this year, fresh encounters. I declare upon you this year in Jesus' mighty name. I declare His prosperity over you. Amen. Amen, church. Yes and amen. Amen. Welcome. If you're just coming in the door, welcome to you this morning. We have got some very exciting news to update you with. So turn your eyes to the screen and check it out. Hey church family, welcome to Activate Church. Yeah, and a huge welcome if you're watching from Tuaco campus, from North campus, Ruakuta campus, or if you're watching online, it is great to have you with us. This week from the 11th to the 13th of March, we finally have a SEND conference. It's gonna be amazing. And I encourage you to come. Today is the last day to register. So if you haven't got your Red Joe in, quickly jump on the website and get it in. It's gonna be amazing. $60, as cheap as chips. We've got Pastor Jacinda Goodsir, Pastor Paul De Jong, and our latest guest speaker, Pastor Scott Hansey from Awaken Church in Australia. It's gonna be an amazing time. Please don't yeah. miss it. Come on, we also have Ascend t-shirts, yeah. so make sure you check them out at the merch table at Ascend Conference. Yeah, I hope to see you there. On the 21st of March at 7 p.m. held at Hamilton Boys High School, we have Pray Waikato. Pray Waikato is a regional prayer night where many churches from around Waikato come together to pray and uplift for our region. If you want more information, make sure you go to Facebook and search Pray Waikato. We have a SEND conference coming up this week, and this is not the same notice that played just before. <laughs> this is a separate one to remind you yeah, again, because you really need to come to a SEND. It's gonna be a great time. I know that the last Activate conference, Keita and I experienced God in an incredible way, yeah. and we love Scott Hansey. It was awesome, and he's coming back for this conference. So make sure you come along. Get your regos in. Today is the last day. Go to the hub, or jump on the website and sign up. We would love to see you there. Hey, and did I tell you that a SIN conference is coming up? Because you should totally come. Yeah. But hey, that's all our notices for today. But I pray that you experience God's presence today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Amen. <laughs> oh, let's stand to our feet and praise our God this morning because He is so good and so good to be able to gather here today as a family. Thank you. 
find all I need You've got me dancing In everything My heart is singing For you give me life I long to praise you I'm lifting you high Jesus, And as we sang them in the, in the gathering before this one, 
I was reminded of the Scripture. Does anyone know David and Goliath? Many of us will know that story. And I was reading it this week and what stood out to me is that Goliath shouted out some words to the Israelites. He shouted out in 1 Samuel 17, he said, why are you all coming out to fight? Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. You are only the servants of Saul. And what stood out to me is that these Israelites had come under the lie of the enemy. The lie of the enemy is you're only the servants of Saul. Whereas the Israelites, with daughters and sons of the living God. And so David comes along and he says, what is going on here? What is going on here? We've got a bunch of people coming under lies of the enemy. And we church are not called to live under lies of the enemy. And so I feel to encourage us today, church, that we are called to live in the truth in the truth of who God says that we are. Don't come under lies of the enemy. Some of us may be coming under lies that we've said to ourselves. Some of us may be coming under lies that other people have said to us. But stand on the truth of who God says you are. David replied to Goliath and he came out and he said, you come to me with sword, spear and javelin but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you. Amen. So we're gonna sing this song and we're gonna come under the truth, stand on the truth of who God says that we are. so hard to see it. it took me so long to believe it that you choose someone like me to carry your victory perfection could never earn it you give what we don't Take the broken things and raise them to Now I can finally 
to you, O Lord. You are constant and true. Even if we are in the storms, in the trials, you are with us. You never, ever, ever leave us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your love for us, poured out for us so freely. Thank you for your love poured out for us by sending your Son, Jesus, Thank You, Jesus, that You went to that cross for us. You took our place on that cross. Thank You, Jesus, that You rose from the dead. You made a way for us to stand in victory. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Our soul sings to You. Our soul sings and overflows in praise and adoration to You, O Lord. We love You, Lord. We love you, Lord. You're majestic. None compares with you. Thank you, Lord. Oh. Let's, let's let our soul sing a little bit longer.
you, Father. Thank you, Father. We choose to sing your praise today. We choose, we instruct our souls even to praise you today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for who you are, for what you are doing in our midst right now. We're online today. Thank you, Father, that you love to encounter every single person. Thank you, Father. May you be lifted up as we adore you, as we praise you, as we raise a hallelujah to you this morning. Thank you, Father. We declare that you are King of kings, Lord of lords, over our lives, over our city, over our nation, over the nations. Thank you, Jesus. None can compare to you. Every knee shall bow at your name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes, and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You're in India. In India, if you say hallelujah, what happens, Sheridan? Hallelujah. Yeah, everyone responds. Can you do that? Hallelujah. Come on. Yeah, let's try it again. Hallelujah. Woo. Wow, we're nearly as good as India. Yes, man, I reckon Sheridan misses India right now. It's a little while since he's been. You may take your seats. How about Pastor Michael, you come. How about you give it up for Pastor Michael? He's going to share a great testimony with us. Thanks, Pastor Jen. felt really provoked during the week to share a testimony about the importance of generosity. And uh, I think the first thing with generosity is that God multiplies what He's placed in our hands. You know, our times, our talents, our resources. One of the most generous people I've ever met was a solo parent in our first church in Paraparamu. And um, she was incredibly generous. You know, she didn't have a lot necessarily of money in the bank, but God really just blessed her to be a blessing. And I think unless we're generous, Gillian and I have found we can't really receive God's generosity for us. And uh, just as we were thinking last week about Luke chapter 18 and the rich man and how Jesus said, look, you've got to give away everything that you have to be able to, in- to enter the kingdom of heaven. For a rich man, it was like, you know, going through, a camel going through the eye of a needle, just ridiculous. And the reason for that was unless he was actually able to give that away, he couldn't receive God's generosity for him. And life in all of its fullness was to receive that generosity. And so I want to encourage you wherever you are on that journey, you know, whether it's time, whether it's talents, whether it's resources, as we're generous, then God can multiply that generosity. And what happens is that people see God's love for them through our generosity. It's that powerful. As I'm generous, people in my world see something of God's generosity for them. So later today, I'm being generous with my neighbors. I'm taking them over some, uh, some Fijoas, and I'm taking them over um, some apples. I'm going to take them over some pears. Their son likes to eat them just raw off the tree. And because uh, we just want to bless them. It's what, something that God's placed in our hands. What's God placed in your hands that you can be generous with? Um, Jillian and I have a little rule in our household. You know, when it comes to guest speakers or sewing into our new campus. So, um, you know, I might come up with, perhaps as a guest speaker, I'm, oh, let's give $50 and Jillian will say 100 Whoever's got the highest figure, that's the one you go with. Because that's what it is to really be generous. So I'm encouraging myself and encouraging us, be generous 
Because as we do, people see something of God's love for them through your and my generosity. It's that important. God bless. Thank you, Pastor Michael. How are you doing this morning? Are you coming to conference? Yes. Well, that was, that was better than the first crew. Great. Hey, come to conference. Take a day off work on Friday. You could call it a mental health day, spiritual health day. Whatever it is, you're not going to regret it. It's going to be fantastic. And um, you know, we've worked really hard to put a, a, a conference together where I believe you're going to be really impacted um, and encounter God and move forward in what he's doing at this time. It's a, the theme is a direct response to a vision Jan had, actually. And I'm uh, really, really excited about it. It's great. Hey, um, I don't know about you, but I like to play the odd video game from time to time. I kind of grew up in the early video games. You know, Pac-Man, Space Invaders. You had to go to, like, I can remember the first time my dad took me to a space, uh, to a video game arcade. And it was, like, pitch black in there because the screens were so bad. It was the only way you could see them. And it was like the shady part of town, the shady part. And, um, and, and most games don't interest me at all, but I like the odd motor racing game or racing game. Just you know, anything that kind of, anything racing for me is good. Um, and, and I like it. And what I've found is that I'll, I'll, I'll play a game and I'll win a level and then I level up. And I love it. I level up and I go... What I never do is go, I'm going back to the easy stage. Anyone else? Don't put your hand up if you go back to the easy stage, because that's just, I wouldn't admit that. But if you, if you like level up, that that's kind of seems to be a bit normal for us, leveling up. But here's the deal, we get to choose how we live our lives. You can live your life at plateaued status quo, you can even live it going backwards if you want to, or you can choose to level up. Level up naturally, level up spiritually. I don't know about you, but I want to level up. I cannot understand why some of us settle for mediocre when we've been resourced for greatness. You and I have all been resourced for greatness by God. It's an amazing thing. It really is. So don't settle for mediocre. Let's level up, shall we? Why don't you uh, say that this morning? Level up. Okay, that was average. And if you're at home, if you're online, you've got to say this to the screen like you mean it. You go, level up. Level up. And when you say up, just go up slightly because it just makes it feel more genuine. Okay? So level up. Well, you're getting there. One more time. This time, like, give it a bit more. Ready? Three. Oh, I like it. Well done. It's awesome. It's great. I, I've never been one who's tried to lower my PB, my personal best. You know, if, I, if I'm on the exercise in the morning and I broke a PB recently, that was good. That was good. Just being on the exercise is fantastic these days. Couldn't do it last year. I broke a PB recently and boy, I worked hard to get there. But once I've broken it, I don't go, well, I've broken the PB. Now I'm going to go, I'm just going to settle for half that in the future. There's something in me that says, if I can do that, I can do better. I can do my PB. It's hard work. It's still hard work. But I can do my PB every time now if I want to. That's not bad. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I, I can do it every time. And, and I'm just like pushing forward, trying to get a little bit better because I always want to level up. 
I don't want to stay status quo. I, don't, I certainly don't want to go backwards. I want to level up. And what I've found in life is leveling up is my choice. Leveling up is your choice. You get to choose what it looks like. You can just stay where you are or you can push forward a bit. You can level up. Maybe it's not exercising or whatever for you. Maybe it's um, throwing a dinner party. And, you know, you just put it all on. You did 10 courses for someone. It came round. It was pretty flash. I bet if you're that kind of person, you'd go, you know, I reckon I could do 11. <laughs> you would. If you can do 10, you'd go, yeah, I reckon I can do 11. Maybe it's um, baking. You just bake this tremendous cake. Like it's awesome. So you go, oh, that's it. From now on, I'm going to do these flat little sponges. I don't think so. If you created that masterpiece, you're going to go, you know, I reckon I can do bigger or wider or higher or something. I heard that. I heard Joan Mal did a PB. You did a PB running or something, didn't you, Joan? Well done. And how old are you, Joan? Can I ask? Sorry, I don't want to embarrass you. How old are you, Joan? 79. And she's still doing PBs. Come on. Maybe it's gardening. Like Pastor Michael and Gillian have got the most incredible garden, but I bet it's not going to be less next year. I bet it'll be more. <laughs> Guarantee. Guarantee it'll be more, or it could be sewing. I don't know, whatever your thing is. It could be fishing. If you catch a fish this big, you always want to catch one this big. If you pass the ray, you catch one this big and say it was this big. <laughs> we know how it works. I even, got, I even got witnesses now, haven't I, Michael? That, that's how it works. So... So why is it that we live life always trying to level up, yet when it comes to our spiritual life, we're happy just to go, yeah, that's enough, and plateau. No, no, that's, that's far enough. I, yeah, no, I know Jesus. We'll just get comfortable now, and we'll just plateau. We'll just stay there. Makes no sense to me. Well, it does, actually. But, but why would we do that? We're now sort of natural human nature is to try and get a bit better, try and go a little bit further, try and extend ourselves a little bit more to achieve something? I think it's a good question. You may not. I, um, by the way, today's not going to be particularly comfortable. It's, um, it's just the next passage, okay? So blame Luke. It's his fault. So the context of actually, can we say level up again? I want you to get it in your spirit. Level up. Yeah, get it in your spirit. Just out to really get in there. Level up. Yeah. Fantastic. We're in Luke 19 this morning, and we are from 11 to 27. But 11 sets the context. The context is to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin or would appear immediately. What Jesus is coming in, he's combating this thought that the disciples had that the kingdom it was just about to all happen and all come to a close really quickly. And Jesus was saying, actually, guys, you've got it wrong. You need to uh, settle in, but don't settle. You need to bed in for a while. 2,000 years later, it's still a while. But we know he's coming back. And, and he's saying, it's not going to happen overnight. So actually, I want to make sure that you live the life that I'm calling you to live. That you live in the destiny that I have for you. That you live according to the potential that I'm calling you up to live. And that you don't just sit there and go, hey, we, we, we're here, it's sweet, it's good, we'll just carry on. I don't know about you, but I've been 
gripped by the themes that have come up this year. And it wasn't necessarily planned that way, that the passages were, but the themes that have come out, I think God has been consistently speaking to us as a church. Um, you know, be ready. There's a theme that just keeps coming over and over and over. Be ready. Uh, it's sort of got an end times connotation to it, but it's be ready, live in readiness. Then Steve McCracken comes and prophetically speaks a message into the life of the church, the church Jesus is returning for. The church he's returning for. And again, I think God's speaking very clearly. And what, he, what is he saying? He's either saying his return is imminent, or he's saying the church, that's you and me, I'm going to pers- I normally say we, but I really want to say you this morning because I already know what I'm saying and I'm saying it to me. But I want to say you so you can feel the weight of it, okay? Because I think it's a weighty passage. I think God is saying to the church, you're not living in the place of readiness. And he wants us to be. He wants us to be in the place of readiness. He wants to move and we his church are not prepared for what he wants to do. And he's saying it over and over and over. We've been warned, we've been asked over and over and over and over and over again. Jesus is saying, come on, be ready, be ready, be ready. I notice, and I don't know about you, but when I read the Old Testament sometimes, I, I look at, it's so clear. And the Israelite people were so thick. It's just you look at it and you go, What were they thinking? Could they not see that? Could they not hear that? Why were they so rebellious? Why didn't they just do what God asked them to do? The pattern in Scripture is the same over and over and over. It's if you're obedient to what God's asking of you, there's blessing on the other side. And if they weren't, there wasn't. Simple. Yet, I fear we're living in a time where God is speaking incredibly clearly to his church. I hope we're hearing him. I hope we're hearing him. It's always more difficult to hear in the moment. But I think God has been clear enough and making it clear enough that we should be hearing in the moment. What, here's my question. If he's speaking so clearly about what he wants, what are you and I doing about it today? Because he's not going to keep asking over and over and over and over and over if I keep asking my kids over and over and over and over and over, it's only because they're not listening. Or they're not doing. His return could be imminent. We may not be here next year, that is, uh, next week. That's a possibility. Or, and that answer's like way above me, so don't ask me when that's happening. Just be ready. Or, and... But I'm sure that what he's saying is actually the latter part. I think he's saying, come on, church, adjustment is required. Let's make the adjustment and live in readiness. Don't get caught up in life like the people did in Noah and Lot's time. Let's be ready. Let's listen. Let's respond to what he's saying. So I think it's time to level up. Yeah? You've all gone very quiet. Think it's time to level up. Look at your neighbour and say, come on, let's level up. Let's level up. Let's level up. If you're home, look at the TV screen or the person on the couch with you. Let's level up. Let's level up. 
So let's go to the passage. It's Luke chapter 19, verses 11 through to 27. It says this. The crowd was listening to everything Jesus said. That's good, eh? They were listening. And because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. He said, A nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together ten of his servants and divided among them ten pounds of silver, saying, Invest this for me while I'm gone. But his people hated him. And they sent a delegation after him to say, We do not want you to be our king. After he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their profits were. The first servant reported, Master, I invested your money and I made ten times the original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You are a good servant and you have been faithful with the little I entrusted you, so you will be governor over ten cities as your reward. The next servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. You will be governor over five cities. But the third servant brought back only the original amount of money and said, Master, I hid your money and I kept it safe. I was afraid because you're a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. You wicked servant, the king roared. Your own words condemn you. If you knew that I'm a hard man who takes what isn't mine and harvests crops I don't plant, why didn't you at least deposit my money in the bank. At least I would have got some interest on it. Then turning to the others standing nearby, the king ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has the ten pounds. But master, they said, he already has ten pounds. Yes, the king replied, and to those who do well with what I've given them, even more will be given. But for those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And as for these enemies of mine who don't want me to be their king, bring them in and execute them right here in front of me. That last verse is a little bit harsh. The story is primarily addressed to disciples. Maybe you need to look again to someone beside you and say, are you a disciple? Be a good question. Are you a disciple? Big difference between a disciple and a believer. Are you a disciple? It's addressed to disciples. It's troubled me often that there were 10 servants called in with given the 10 pounds, but we only hear about three of them for the rest of the story. But I think I've resolved that well enough anyway. The number 10 often means many. So let's go with many um, servants were given many pounds. Doesn't really matter too much. And they were sent off. And it appears that the three servants mentioned when they come back represent three groups of people. As I said, a servant of the king is a disciple of Christ. There's the first group. The first group, I mean, they just had it seemed to have a, a golden run. They absolutely nailed it. They were obviously high capacity. Um, they were wise investors, and they were able to see and make the most of the opportunities. They, ten times what they were given. Ten times. And the master says to them, well done. Excellent. Well done. Then there's group two. 
And we're not told why they return is only five times, but they may have had issues. There could be a different capacity. Um, there could have been less opportunities. They might have had a few, like I say, difficulties. But they obviously still did well because the king comes back and says to them, well done. You've done really well. Then there's the third group. Poor attitude, poor confession, poor application, poor work ethic, poor results. And the king comes back to, and he roars, you wicked servant. He didn't even say, oh, well. He roared at them, you wicked servant. And he takes off them what little they had already, and he gave it to the ones who did well with it. It's clear to me that even in the context of the story, the gift of salvation is free. Jesus paid for it all. It's free. We receive the gift of salvation by grace, by faith. His grace, by faith. We receive salvation freely given, freely received. Thank you, Jesus. However, then there is an expectation that our lives will produce a return. So often we stop at, I'm saved. I know Jesus. I'm in relationship with Jesus. That's it. I'll just coast to the finish line. But no, no. Jesus is, in the story here, the context of it is, no, no, we've received the gift. Now what are you going to do with the gift? Because there's an expectation on your life and on my life that our lives will produce a return. That's a little bit scary. It'll produce a return. The kingdom of God is not about free rides. It's disciples or its ambassadors are on a mission and our mission is kingdom expansion and God expands his kingdom through us. Crazy. But this I know for sure, you are not called to nothing. I am not called to nothing. We are called to something. What's our confession this morning? Because we are called to something. John 10, 10. God has a life of abundance for us to live, a big life that is designed for us to produce a return for the kingdom. Your life is designed to produce a return for the kingdom. It's going to look different for all of us because we run in different lanes, doing different things in different places at different times, but it doesn't change the fact that we are called to produce a return for the kingdom. I love God's reward system. It works like this. If he gave you $10 and you got out there and worked really, really hard and turned times 10, 10 and then 10 times, you're going to end up with $110 according to my mathematics. Am I okay? Yes? Yes? No, it's not actually. So if you had 10 at the start and then you made 10 times that, you got 10 times 10 plus the 10 is 110. That's why I'm a genius. Let's let's just move on. It's $110, according to my maths, and I'm the one speaking. And so what's God rewarding with? A whole province, 10 cities to be the governor of. That's a supernatural reward. That is amazing mathematics right there. Amazing. I'm given $10. God says, go and work that, Sheridan, and see what you can do. I come back and I say, Lord, I went really, really hard. Things went really, really well. And look, I've got 110. Fantastic. You're now the governor of the Waikato. All of it. That's supernatural. 
multiplication there. God wants your life to produce a return. And there will be rewards. The third group got no reward. In fact, they had what they were given taken off them and given to another. That's pretty scary. But their thing was they didn't even try. This is what scares me about Western Christianity, is that we start the journey okay, and then we just settle in and plateau out, and we don't even try. But God expects a kingdom return. That's what he expects. And he wants us to sow ourselves. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever God's called you to, Your journey won't look like my journey. My journey won't look like your journey. But when I stand before Jesus, oh, I pray that whether I'm 10 or 5, there's a good return there. I pray that he doesn't say, Sharon, you sat on your hands and did nothing. Yet you would receive the greatest gift ever in the history of the universe. I really want to get there. And he goes, well done. Well done. Yep, you gave it a shot. Even if you had a few difficulties, made a few mistakes, came up short, you gave it. Actually, I'm absolutely convinced that the king, if the, if the servant had come before him and said, I gave it my best shot, I tried really hard, I fell on troubles there, and it just didn't work out, and it's, yeah, it's not looking good at all, I think the king would have at least said, thank you for trying. Thank you for trying. But the thing is, they did nothing. They did nothing. And I hear God speaking to his church saying, come on, level up. Come on, level up. Come on, get yourself in a place of readiness. Come on, get on my page. Put yourself, throw yourself into the kingdom. Um, You and I get to choose at what level we operate at the end of the day. We get to choose what level we live at, we work at, we believe at, we confess at. It's all within our grasp. No one tells me what level I believe or confess at, except me. No one tells you except you. No one tells you what or level you must live at, what level you must apply yourself to. The you get to choose that, and you'll also be accountable for it. So we throw ourselves into God's ways. That's my prayer. And he's given us something to... What's he given you to invest? He's given you your life. He's given me my life. It's the, it's the talent, it's the treasure that he's given me is my life. He's saying, come on, Sheridan, get me a return on it, please. I want a return on it. The, the, the question at the end of the day is simply, what am I going to do with my life? How am I going to invest into eternal things? How am I going to make sure that I have a, not only a spiritual but a natural uh, return for the king when my time comes? Every, every disciple is called to increase, to make. The, the Great Commission is go make disciples. That's increase. Go make a return. Go make disciples. It's not if, it's how you're going to do that, which brings me to the question, Lord, you mean me? And he says, yes, you. You mean me? Are you sure? Yes, you. I mean you, Sheridan. This morning, he means you. He means every single one of us. There's not a chosen few. In this room or online this morning, there's not a chosen few of us that are called to produce a return for the kingdom from our lives. It's every single one of us. I did tell you it's not going to be comfortable. Every single one of us. He wants a return. 
He expects a return. God is speaking to the church very, very clearly, I think. And um, you know, it could be that the return of Christ is imminent, couldn't it? We don't know. When? Could be. Uh, or he's saying very clearly, come on, get ready. I think that for sure he's saying, come on, church, get ready, get our lives on his page, live our lives his way, live our lives his way. And, and when I say that, live our lives his way according to the way he's instructed in the scripture, can I just add, because I think this is necessary for Westerners, your opinion doesn't mean squat. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what you think. It's what God thinks. People who come up with their opinions all the time, but I no, I think all they're ever doing is trying to lower the bar of God's expectation until it feels comfortable. I, I can do that. I can lower the, God, the bar of God's expectation of my uh, speech until his bar fits in with my reality. But he's saying, no, no, Sheridan, come on. You're a disciple of mine. You're a representative of the kingdom. I want you to speak like this. My bar's here, please. I want you to encourage. I want you to be thankful. I want you to uh, not speak evil. I don't want you to pull down, to tear down. I want the, the bar is there, Sheridan. You come to the bar, please. Don't try and move it the other way. Opinions are a Western thing, I think. We need to uh, apply ourselves to his purposes. Actually, what I think, I think God's speaking, he's, he's saying one word to the church. Is it one or two words? Not sure. Wake up. I wrote it as one word. It could be two. Wake up. That's what he's saying to the church. Come on, guys, wake up. Out of the slumber, the season's finished. You, you've come out of a season where we've been status quo, but we're going into a season where I'm actually asking for more and I'm asking directly for more. It says God. I could prophesy it. it. Says God, I'm asking for more of you. I'm asking that our yes be yes, our no be no. That it's evident that we are kids of the kingdom by the way we live, by the way we talk, by the way we love one another, by the way we love God. So I think God's saying, "Get ready." I think He's saying to expect a move of God, expect a move of God, and I think He's saying, "Come on, church, stay on course. Don't get tired. Don't get weary. Stay on course." So again, my question would be, why would God be laboring these thoughts to us? Because they are being labored. We just keep hearing them over and over and over. I mean, on my left, on my right, I just keep hearing the same things over and over and over. Well, I think God is laboring these things because one, we're not ready, two, we're not listening, and three, we're not responding. We go, oh, yeah, interesting. Interesting. But again, when my kids were little, if I asked them to do something and they didn't do it and I repeated myself and I repeated myself and I repeated myself and then I popped a valve, I only repeated myself because they weren't listening, they weren't ready and they weren't doing. And at some point, I think God will go, I've asked, I've asked. And then the generations who come after us will look back and go, that crowd were just like the Israelites in the Bible. God was so clear and they just didn't pay any attention. I don't know about you. I don't want to be that generation. I want to be the generation that goes, okay, Lord. A constant prayer for me is, Lord, I don't know what it looks like, but please don't let me miss out. I pray it all the time. 
Please don't let me miss out. I want to be on the front foot. I want to be right there participating and, and, and partnering with what you're doing. I want to be right on the front foot and not miss a thing you've got for this generation. That's where I want to live. Don't let me miss out. So I think today we need to really respond to God because I think if we're wise, we would respond to him. Quite simply. Because he's clearly asking. Are you investing your life so that it's producing a return for the king? That is the question. I wonder if we need some space to confess, to repent. Maybe our confession is that we're just coasting. Maybe our confession is that we've been squandering. Maybe our confession is that we're simply ignoring Maybe our confession is that we're way off target or that we're hiding. Maybe our confession is that we're really trying. Really trying. But I think we need to get real with God, whatever our confession is. I think we need to come into his presence, stand before him, and at the end of the day, I think the most powerful prayer is, Help! <laughs> Lord, help! I want to do it your way. I want to be the man you've called me to be, the woman you've called me to be. I want my life to have a good return and I need your help. That's a good confession. Help me refocus my life around you and help me be obedient to what you're asking. Now, I don't know about you, but when I really feel God's throwing down a challenge, I can be sitting and I can be listening. I go, yeah, Lord, Jan needs to hear that. This will be good for her. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I was hoping you'd talk to Pastor Ray about that. It's been bugging me. No, no, he's talking to you. He's talking to you. Just own it. Own it. How about saying, Lord, you're talking to me. Say it under your breath. I don't care how you say it. Lord, you're talking to me. You're talking to me. Talking to me. So what I'd like to do as we finish is I want to create an opportunity, an environment for us to respond before God. Because I think it's really important that we do. I think he's speaking clearly, and we need to respond to him. And I'm not sure how you'll do this at home, maybe on your knees in front of the TV. But I should have made a sign. I'm going to call this the altar, okay, today. It's called the altar because this is the place where we give God permission to alter us. It's also an altar as a place of sacrifice, as a place of surrender. And I really feel this morning, if you hear God talking, if you hear God whispering in your ear, if you hear God saying, come on, you need to make a move. You need to shift. You need to come into alignment with me. I've got more for you than you are living in. I've got a different way. Your life isn't producing the return he desires it to produce. 
Essentially, if you can hear God challenging you in your heart and you're going, Lord, I want to be on your page. I want to live a life that pleases you. I want to live a life that returns for you. I want to hear you. Yes, well done. I want to, I want to, I want to just knock it out of the park. I want to level up. I want to level up from where I'm at. I'm asking you to come out of your seat this morning to the altar and have a few minutes just you and God. Just you and God. No one's going to pray for you. Simply you and God. Do some business. I have faith that this next five minutes is life and destiny transforming. Because we're responding to the invitation of the King, the King of all kings. So at home, I'm not sure how you do that, just where you are, maybe on your knees. How about coming out of your seats right now? Come and do business with God because He's speaking to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are in the room, whether in this room or another room, you're in the room. I 
thank you that you're speaking to us. I thank you that you're drawing us. Lord, our desire is to respond appropriately to you. that you would by your grace and by your power shift some stuff in us you know the heart of every person that you'd shift us where we need to be shifted that you would cause us to level up Lord, we don't want to miss out on a thing that you got going. So help us position ourselves right. I ask for everyone that our lives would be giving a good kingdom return. Whatever that looks like, wherever we are, whatever you've called us to, Lord. So I ask for courage. I ask for a real sense of purpose and intention. I thank you that we're saved by grace. We can't work for that. Freely given, freely received. I do ask that as an overflow of their grace our lives would produce something special Jesus name Jesus name you know there is one other group of people in the passage and they're found in verse 14 and verse 27 Verse 14, it says, But his people hated him and sent him a delegation, sent a delegation after him, saying, We do not want you as our king. And then those people are addressed again in verse 27, and it says, And for these enemies of mine who didn't want me to be their king, bring them in and execute them right here in front of me. That's pretty harsh. But what essentially it's saying is not every person wants to do it God's way. And at the end of the day, that's the individual's choice. Not every person wants a relationship with the king. And at the end of the day, that's the individual's choice. However, there will come a time when our choices play out. And if we want to be separate from God, we will get what we asked for, for all eternity. You know, this morning I believe that you do want a relationship with Jesus. You just haven't stepped into that place yet. Saying yes to the King, the King of Kings is the most wonderful yes we can ever say. It translates our life from, from darkness to light, from lost eternity to found eternity. Not only that, we get to do life with our Creator, the one who made us, shaped us, formed us.
and has purposed us. The greatest life we'll live is in relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you in just a moment if you'd like to say yes to Jesus today. Maybe you've never said yes to him ever. Or for whatever reason today, you're kind of going, oh my goodness, I've really got off track. I just need to say yes, Lord. Start again, so to speak. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in just a moment. We're going to celebrate fresh start in Jesus' name. You'll know if you need to say yes. You'll be tuning internally. It's the way the Holy Spirit prompts us. When I ask, pop your hand up nice and quickly. Don't delay. There's nothing in the hand movement. I just want to go fantastic. God knows your heart. If you know you need to say yes to Jesus today, whether you're in this room or whether you're online, how about lifting your hand right where you are, right now? Awesome. Fantastic. 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 It's awesome. Seen three people give me a wave so far. Brilliant. I'm just going to wait a couple more moments. Make sure I see your hand, please. So good. You know, the Bible tells us that when one person gets their life right with God, the angels celebrate. The angels celebrate. So I've seen at least three people giving me a wave this morning. To me, that says heaven is in a party right now. Yeah? Why don't we give these people a massive big hand, eh? Fantastic. Wonderful. Wonderful. You responded at home. We're clapping for you as well. Wonderful. It's great. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for these ones who have responded to you this morning. I ask that you would establish them in your kingdom today as we confess with our mouths that you are Lord Jesus. Believing in our heart that the Father raised you from the dead on the third day. Therefore, you have paid the price for all of our wrongdoing. And you give us a fresh start today as your kids. We are so grateful, so thankful. We honour you, Jesus, and give you thanks. Amen. Thanks, Jen. Amen. Amen. If you're still with us online, it's been great having you with us today online. Let us respond to that great word. Good challenge. May we respond. May the church respond. Amen. How about you give Sheridan a hand? That was excellent. So good. Well, we declare blessing upon you, givers, Givers, we thank you for tithes and offerings. We declare blessing upon the tithes and offerings in Jesus' name. The giving stations are on your left as you exit into the foyer. Before we leave today, I reckon we should cement that response, cement that word in thanksgiving. So I reckon we should sing thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to cement it. Yeah, we're going to give praise. Give praise for the Word and and respond. Response to the Word. Isn't that good? What is happening on Thursday night at 7 o'clock? 
Ascend. I'm so excited. We're level one. It is all go. So if you have not registered, please go and register. We're going to have a great time. It's like a, it's like a church camp. It's sort of close to a church camp, isn't it? So we're going to have a great time together, responding to his invitation to ascend. Ascend. It's going to be. It's going to be awesome. If you would like someone to stand with you in prayer, then please don't hesitate to come on down the front as we do finish today. We uh, we would love to stand together uh, in prayer today. Otherwise, Sheridan's going to be speaking again tonight, six p.m., and I hope to see you Thursday night at Ascend. It's going to be awesome. Let's stand.